So welcome to Bridges Cast. Bridges Cast is the Bridges podcast um, that we've been putting out for over a year now. And my name is Katie Campion. I'm the co-production and innovation lead at Bridges. So I've taken over from Scott this week um, as host as it's co-production week. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Derek and by Sharon, who are both involved in quite a big co-design project that we did um, last year coming into this year. Um, which was looking at something called the Holistic Needs Assessment or the HNA, which is a kind of checklist tool um, developed by Macmillan and sometimes can be really valuable and really useful. So we were tasked with looking at that and I'll let um, you both introduce yourselves. So Derek, do you want to go first? Okay, fine. Yeah, my name is Derek Puplett. Uh, I'm a prostate cancer patient. Uh, I had uh, I had my prostate removed uh, about four and a half years ago now uh, at the local Derby Hospital uh, by robotic surgery, and uh, I've been absolutely fine ever since. I'm pleased to say. Brilliant. And Sharon. Um, so my name's Sharon Cox. I'm a colorectal cancer navigator working at Queen's Hospital in Burton. Um, essentially, been doing this job for just over three years now. Um, I'm actually a, a cancer survivor myself. And so thinking about co-design, um, how was the experience of getting involved in the HA project for you? How, how was co-design? Had you done anything like that before? I'll go to um, Sharon myself, there. no, not really. Um, it was a bit of, um, it was like that, the title itself was a little bit like, oh, what's this all about? Um, and it was initially a little sceptical, if I'm honest, um, assuming that uh, you were going to come along and be really quite judgmental about the work that we had carried out. Um, but actually, as it, as it was, um, particularly from the trigger film, I found it was really quite emotive and actually quite motivating to sort of get involved and find out you know, what we could do with our patients with regards to improving the holistic needs assessment. So for those who don't know, what we tend to do at Bridges is use a method called experience-based co-design, which involves putting together a trigger film. So we interview staff and we interview patients. And from the patient interviews, we pull out all the kind of most important clips and we put that together into the, into the trigger film. How was it for you, Derek, to, well, to be interviewed, <laughs> but also <laughs> to, to watch the trigger film? Yeah, well, to watch the trigger film, it was, well, it was quite enlightening, really, because um, we, we, we've all been through our various uh, paths and processes with cancer. It was really quite enlightening to see how everybody else had coped. You know, I th I'm not sure how many there were in this project, but there were there were probably 15 or 20 films to go through. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was it was really quite enlightening. I, I personally appear to have got off quite lightly. Um, you know, I've had cancer and that's it. It's, it's yeah. been gone. And obviously there are people who are, are still undergoing treatment years and years later. And, and some people had treatment and, and they're not going to get better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was it, it was interesting. And certainly from the trigger film, I, from your perspective, I would imagine that you can you can pick and choose the people that you would really like to be involved in the project because we all come from different directions. And um, but we're the ones who've been through the process. We're the ones that have got the experience. And, and of course, the nursing staff see it from a, a different perspective. So I think the, the, the whole idea of uh, 
of a co-production is, is a brilliant idea. Yeah. It's an interesting point, actually, Derek, because um, what you were saying about people being involved that were having ongoing treatment and people living with with a cancer that's treatable but not curable, so it's not going away, because I think one of the benefits to us going ahead with the project online, doing it virtually, because, of course, originally it was meant to be <laughs> that we'd come and up and meet you and do lots of creative work, sitting around tables and having coffee and we budgeted for biscuits and stuff and then... Um, had to go ahead online but actually the benefit is that people could be involved that just wouldn't have been well enough to rock up in person or maybe would have had something better to do <laughs> um, if you know your time is limited and very valuable how how was it having people involved in the project um, people like that so so living alongside a cancer I think um, from, from my perspective, I think that's a really valuable um, success, you know, a story that we were able to do an awful lot online. And, and I think um, having people from all different walks of life that come in, because the reality is that, you know, we have patients that, you know, don't get better. Um, and doing a holistic needs assessment with, with those patients can be quite challenging from our perspective. Mm. And so having um, the different views um was just was just really quite important and I guess you get a sense of you're doing the project as a whole and looking at a real good cross-section of patients and not just the patients but their families as well and yeah. their supporters so it was good you know I mean cancer is a great equaliser isn't it it's yes. not really terribly fussy about who it attacks and when it attacks them you know yeah, yeah, exactly 100%. I found it quite inspiring doing the interviews with people with a cancer that wasn't going away because um, I can't remember who it was, but people were just like, you know, you get to the point where it's not going away and you, you just get on with it. But people are living like, like, you know, going on walking holidays and just living like normally living life. And you've got to factor in time for treatments and things like that. But it was it was really eye opening to see cancer. For me, I saw cancer as quite a different thing quite a different kind of illness um, when you saw people with this kind of stable underlying condition. Mm. And I think the fact that they've got limited time, mm. but they still want to be able to give their time to be involved in a project yeah. like this so that, you know, they can improve services. And it's a little bit of a legacy that, you know, they get to leave behind, isn't it, that they've impacted on a service that's going to be better for patients coming through. Mm. So why did you get involved then, Derek? Why did I get yes, involved? Yeah, why did you get involved? <laughs> uh, I, I, I suppose, um, uh, well, well, I was asked to get involved by our local uh, active recovery programme. And uh, I have been fairly vocal about having prostate cancer and I've managed to, to do a couple of talks at the, uh, uh, some wellbeing events and, uh, and I did one at the uh, Derby County Football Club one evening. And so, I'm, I'm probably a bit like a reformed smoker. Now I've had prostate cancer, I, I, I feel that I need to share my experience with people. So when I was asked, I was uh, I was more than happy to to put my two penneth in. I, I, I felt privileged, in fact, that that I was asked to to do it because um, you know, why, why would anybody be interested in me and what I had my prostate cancer? <laughs> And how was it doing it online? So how was it being interviewed like this over Zoom? I, 
I, well, for me, it was it was brilliant because it, it, apart from anything else, it it meant we didn't have to go somewhere uh, and, and meet up, which would have been a you know a compromise. It would have been somewhere that would have had to have driven somewhere. So it worked really well for me, and and I'm not sure how Sharon feels, but I felt that within our group. We, we use technology to talk to each other probably a heck of a lot more than if we'd have met face to face. So yeah, I think it worked really, really well uh, doing everything online. What about for you, Sharon? I was just gonna say, and we could have um, very quick sort of get togethers and meetings when we were looking at some of the outcomes of the project and trying to put um, things in place. Um, just being able to sort of like have a quick sort of team meeting say what do you think about this and what do you think about that maybe 10-15 minutes or uh-huh. I could um, join a meeting that was perhaps going on um, just literally for a few minutes and then dash back out again and that seemed to be become quite acceptable really so yeah I found it was very useful. So what about the co-design bit when you all split so we showed the trigger film and then everyone kind of migrated to areas that they were kind of felt more drawn to and then everyone formed small co-design groups and you met regularly online, um, generally on Zoom, I think. How was that bit? How was that part of the process? It's difficult for me initially. Sorry, Derek. Um, no, no, you, after you. <laughs> initially, um, I wanted to be a part of every working group. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> all of the titles because, you know, it, for me, it was like I wanted to, to have my input in everything, but... That would have just been impossible. So um, peer support was particularly important to me. I'm very passionate about that. And, mm. and running the support group as well that we do. Um, so, yeah, doing and being able to sort of have the breakaway groups. And actually our group, I felt quite um, blessed really with the group that we've got. And we've got lovely Claire from Bridges who'd got her um, experiences that she could bring to the table. And mm. not only from... Um, a medical point of view but also from her and um, you know her like, other life skills that she's got as well so that was really nice yeah so she's um she had cancer as a, a teenager mm-hmm. but then also has done a lot of co-production work so and she's done a lot with bridges so I think she was quite handy to to bridge the gap she between lots yeah of she's yeah. Good, good at guiding us um and trying to get a bit of a balance as well so we had obviously Derek and um, a couple of other patients that were in our group um, one of whom was extremely um, enthusiastic had to try and sort of like curb his enthusiasm a little bit sometimes but that was great you know it, it I found that challenging um, at times but as, as also inspiring as well so yeah. What about you, Derek? How is yeah, I, I think that we were, I think the right word is lucky in so much as the group that we had uh, just slotted in with each other really, well, I think they slotted in with each yes. other really yeah. well. We, you know, we had uh, people like Claire who'd been there and done it, got the T-shirt, and she was a good stabilising, guiding uh, light, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, Sharon, from her perspective, on, on the clinical side, uh, she had a, a you know obviously a different opinion to, to what we had um but at the end of the day it all came together and um and just worked really well I'm, I'm i'm not quite sure if the other groups had such a good a good team 
Uh, I don't know, but but certainly we we were we were blessed with a with a great team. Yeah, and were there any well. were there any surprises? Um, so one of the one of the benefits to co-design, obviously, you're bringing two different perspectives together. And when you do things, um, maybe when you do just consultation, so when you just ask for patients' opinions, it's quite a different flavor to actual kind of genuine co-design where the, the power and the responsibility should be equal. So it should be up to both groups, um, whether it's successful or not. So, yeah. Well, for me, you know, there's two sides to the story, isn't there? I don't think necessarily the, the clinical side is any more right than than the people that have been involved in having cancer. There's mm. you know, they both bring two different you know aspects to the table, and I think that's really really good in the, in a co-design project. I've never been involved in anything like this before, and mm. for me, I, th I thought it was a brilliant way to uh, to go about things. What about for you, Karen, um, Sharon? Um, I think it was quite validating in some ways to know that um, some of the work that you've already been doing around, um, particularly around the holistic needs assessment, you were on the right track and mm. you were being quite effective mm -hmm. in what you were doing. But then I suppose some of the other surprises that came up was the inconsistency of the way that we were working as professionals in the trust, really. Um, in how we approach things from different tumour sites and I suppose even from patient to patient so mm. just looking at you know how we offer and at what time we offer and all of those kind of things I suppose that was a bit more challenging for me really. Mm. And what what do you think are the main ingredients what what do you think you need for really good co-design because you talked a bit about your group and having a particularly good dynamic within that group what do you think are the key ingredients? I think exactly what Derek, Derek alluded to earlier really we've got a good cross-section of, of people um, coming at it from like Derek's point of view and from Claire's point of view from Bridges and her past experience and then from my point of view in about, you know, looking at capacity and, you know, how we deliver and um, what we do and just the ideas and things that were coming out of the conversations are just that we're very broad, um, but also very specific to what we were trying to, to deal with. And everybody had their own individual opinions and we just took the best bits of everybody, I feel, and um, put that forward. Yeah, I, I I think one of the one of the traits of the group was the fact that somebody could say something, um, and even if you if you didn't didn't agree with it, you could agree to disagree, yeah. uh, which was which was great. You know, instead of you could have been very dogmatic about it and dug your heels in and really, you know, sort of, oh, I'm right and you're wrong, but it didn't work like that. The group was just 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 worked you know? yeah so i'm not quite sure how you can replicate that to be truthful <laughs> going forward <laughs> you've set the bar very high that's that's for sure green team that's <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think some of the other groups would also say similar yeah, things yeah um, but i'm i'm glad it, it felt like such such a good group um just for the for the benefit of our listeners can you tell us a bit about maybe one or two of the things that that you came up with what was the outcome of, of the co-design group Derek first, what do you mean first? well one, one of the things that 
that I feel like Sharon quite passionate about is the peer support. And um, I, you know, I've been a, an active participant in the, uh, the Derby, at the Derby uh, Hospital's prostate cancer support group. And um, so peer support was really good. And so we produced a, a leaflet basically which were talked about peer support, but also had on the back uh, all the details of your local places where you can get support from, whether it be um, uh, through prostate cancer support group or specialist nurses or, or the local hospital or whatever. It gave you a list of contacts. So if you walk away from the, uh, your consultation where they've just told you that you've got prostate cancer or breast cancer or whatever, you're going away with a leaflet that gives you some very specific information about who to go to for help and guidance other than you know your, your normal contacts at the hospital so that was one thing we did and how Sharon do you think that might that was different to something that you might have come up with if it was just professionals getting together putting together a leaflet um, I think um, if we'd have just done that off our own back I think again um, talking about the inconsistency, I think across the trust and what different navigators or CNS teams were doing within their tumour sites. I think this was bringing these ideas together that we could all use uniformly across the trust, and um, which is what we are, we are doing. They're actually um, being processed um, at the moment. So we've had oh. all of that agreed and oh, well they're done. gonna make up part of our new patient packs. So it just means that every patient gets access to um, the information that they need with regards to peer support irrespective of what cancer they they have or where they've come from so mm. it, it just is really nice to think that everybody's got access to that equally what really stood out for me was was one of the the things that your group came up with which was a letter but it was a letter written first person Yes. And so from one patient writing to another, you know, I was sat where you're sat now. And that was really interesting because one of the themes that came through from the interviews is that lots of people benefited from peer support. But nearly everybody said, I'm not a group person. At first, I didn't want to go to a group or a support group. Um, Derek, were you a group person or were you a bit reluctant to? to no, get no I, I was reluctant with a capital R. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I can remember when I was, you know, my first uh, consultation with the, uh, with the consultant and I got taken into a room afterwards when I'd stopped blabbing. Um, and uh, one of the things that was put in front of me was, was a piece of paper, literally a couple of inches square about prostate support group, pro prostate cancer support group. And I thought the last thing I really want right now is to go and sit around a table with half a dozen old men listening about dying. Um, that, that wasn't on my agenda, I'm afraid. So, so I sort of, in a way, I poo-pooed the support group. And it wasn't until probably about seven months later when I'd finished uh, uh, my treatment and finished all my sort of consultations at the hospital. And, and I felt that I wanted to put something back because I owed the hospital a, a huge debt of gratitude. And so they said, oh, they, they need some help at the prostate cancer support group, just putting chairs out and doing things. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, that's, that's not what I want to do. That's not, that, I don't call that payback. <laughs> and, and of course, I, I went along to the group reluctantly and walked through the, the, the hall doors and, and there was like 60 or 70 people sat there um, with partners and, you know, all sorts of people. So it was, 
from from that moment onwards, it completely clicked that that peer support was really really important. And um, and I, I you know I still only just put the tables out and put the projector up sometimes, but I, I feel I'm part of it now, and I'm really proud to be part of it, whereas I wasn't to start with. <laughs> And I think what your group really got across was exactly that was and was that first hand account of, you know, I didn't really think I'd be a group person, but actually these are the benefits, um, which just creates that kind of seed of possibility for people if they are thinking about reaching out for peer support, but they're worried that that's completely normal and that most people feel exactly the same. Um, what just to finish off, what would you describe as your most memorable moment from the project? Ooh, that's a fast ball, isn't it? No, I know. I've sprung that on you. I, 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 most memorable. I, I, I think Something that sticks in your mind. The, well, I think one of the most gratifying, and it therefore probably is the most rewarding, is is the letter that we produced. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that could have, has the potential to have a, a real impact. As mm. when, you, when you go home with your pack of information that's, you know, an inch thick, and you pull out the various bits and pieces and leaflets, if you actually take the time to read that letter, I think that has, you know, it could be very, very powerful indeed. Mm. So I guess that's probably the most rewarding bit when we finish the letter. Thanks, Derek. And what about for you, Sharon? Um, I think for me, it was um, about how we made the HNA or the whole process more personalised to each patient, really. I think... Um, from the trigger film, sort of having that emotive reason to look at, to go ahead with the project and, and do what we did, to like Derek was saying about the letter, I think as well, one of those letters from a patient, unfortunately is no longer here. And just the fact that they've left that little statement, their story behind um, for a period of time that's really helped and supported them. I just think that's, you know, that's quite special really. Uh -huh. Really good. Brilliant. Well, thank you both so much for, for taking time out of your day to, to speak with me. Obviously, you're two of the participants. There were about 25 to 30 people involved. So um, just a big thank you to both of you, but also to everyone else that was involved in the project. And just want to wish everyone very happy co-production week and good luck with all of your co-design and co-production projects. <laughs>